Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You are watching and listening to Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Brunson, throwing it down with the raging redhead Cam Stewart. We're on the Grid Sports Grid, and we're also on SB Nation Radio. Weekdays at 6, throwing it down, following the legend Scotty Farrell, going coast to coast. Weekdays at 4, uh, Mike Blewett will step up and in in a couple of minutes. We'll talk about the National Football League uh, draft. We've covered uh, quite a bit on the program so far. Me and Cam will get into a couple of other over-unders as far as NFL players are concerned, but we were talking about um, the challenges it faces leagues to come back, how many yeah. people you need to have a television production, even without fans, and we're talking about the future of gaming in casinos, and that's not fun to me, Cam, so I can't go and just get drunk and hang around. There's no, no. band playing anymore. What are the no. bands going to be in gloves and masks? There's no bars. That's another thing, too. Like, um, President Trump, you know, he's, he's anxious, open up America, et cetera. So he has different phases, right? Phase one, phase two, phase three, et cetera. They weren't his, obviously. It's you know, Dr. Burks and Fauci, et cetera. But bars are like last cab. Like, bars are, if they're germ, they, think about it. They're the bacteria. Bacteria, it's just, exactly. You can't have people socializing in bars yet. So even in Vegas, they said, yeah, you can get drinks, but not at the bar. And you're going to have a mask on. And what, you're going to go into the nice steakhouse there, Cam, with your rubber gloves and well, cut yeah. up your steak? It, and, just, oh. it, does, it doesn't work. And another like, I'd rather is, wait a year and a half when it's normal. Yes, I'll give I, you a vaccine and I'll go normally. You know what I'm saying? Until there's a vaccine, sorry, casinos. Also, who attracts casinos? Elderly people. Oh. If there's a third wave, oh, you take down your mask, you breathe on the old lady, she gets COVID-19. This is not working. People in the sports books, all the things that you touch, they yeah, are... I'm in no hurry to go back to a racetrack, Cam, right now, oh, around old people. Oh, I got to be honest. I know, you deal with a lot I don't of want to be around them. I don't want to kill them, and I don't want them killing me. me. Exactly. It works yeah. both ways. I, I'm with you. And I, I just think the casinos, it's, I get it. There's a real problem right now, but having this open is going to cause more of a problem. Again, people don't understand. This yeah. needs to go. You need to be vaccinated, so if you get yeah. this, thing, you exactly will not die. Right. I think they lose. I mean, personally, I think they know it, too. They're better off being closed. I agree. It's $2 million a day, guys, to turn the lights on in a casino. Just because, oh, like, they're, we're on whatever. When they come back, it'll be back for real. They're not going to have the lights off. Like, so suddenly, all right, power up. Yeah. And, and <laughs> thing, you're, you're going to power up an empty casino? Like, I mean, no one's going to be there. And you're gonna, it's going to cost you. Like, dude, the win, I know the, the win's a higher-end one. But, can the win literally... $2 million to turn the lights on every day. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you like, another to, thing. To open up the doors and operate, it's $2 million a day. They're you, not going to get the revenue back, bro. No, 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 no. You think you're getting comps, too, when they do open up? All the money that they lost during this? Unless you're the highest roller in the world, there's no, no free. It's going to be empty. It's yeah. going to be empty anyways. Yes, exactly. And that's think... another thing. They're going to have to get money. They're going to have to get people to come back. Dude, no one has money. Yeah. 22 million people filed for unemployment. Who's going to Vegas right now? And secondly, you're going to have to lower the, your, your prices, guys. Yeah. Like everyone coming out of this. Yeah, no more, you broke. can't rip people off anymore. Like Atlantic City, you got a lot of nerve charging $400 for, for March Madness for hotel yeah. room. Yeah. Good luck like, come that. on. And now you have your hand out. Oh, we need, we need help. Yeah, you need help. 
You know what I mean? How about you charge people a reasonable price? Yeah, the gaming industry can. A lot of challenges moving forward, bro. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, Gabe, is what I said before. There is no, for this situation that we have with what's going on, there's nothing worse than the gaming, the tickets, the chips, everything that you do. It's like, think about it. I go to a casino and I'm washing my hands vigorously when I'm just playing at the table with all the things that are going on. And that's just during regular you, You're a big casino guy, me too, yeah. but you're a big table. Like you said, you like to laugh and joke and talk to everyone. Yeah. Everyone's going to have a mascot. Give me what'd you say? Everyone's gonna be leaning <laughs> in, and like yeah, yeah. you're gonna see it. People are gonna be lifting it down. Oh, I said this. You're gonna put it yeah. back up. Get all over and your then face. People are, you know what's gonna happen, Cam. Some drunk guy's gonna say f this. He's ripping his mask off. I don't care anymore. People are gonna get mad. It's gonna be a problem containing it. You have drunk people. Like it's just so. This is interesting, actually. And shout out to our boy Dan in Pennsylvania. Great guy and a big fan of the show. Shout out to Dan. It's amazing. Um. Uh, he sends a tweet about exactly what we're talking about uh, right now. All right, so this is uh, the uh, the Vegas. This is for um, Vegas and the casinos and what they're going to do. Table game operations. Cleaning and sanitizing protocol. Supervise to sanitize table games and rails after each guest leaves the table. Supervisors to sanitize each chair area after each guest leaves a game. Dealers to sanitize dice for each new shooter. Dealer to sanitize the on-off button when entering a game. Dealer to sanitize the exterior of the card shoe when entering a game. Yeah, it's already too much, and the dealer can't even do all this. Like, exactly. what's up? How are you going to play? All right, hold yeah. on, guys. I got to oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, wait. Like, you know what it's going to come down to, too? It's already, you already wait for them to crack open new cards when you're playing blackjack. They do the hand shuffle on the table. So now, okay, so what? You burn every deck because people have touched the, it. It's, no, it's... The problem is, Gabe, things that take a while are now going to take four to five times, maybe 10 times as long. The fun will be taken out of the casino and all the reasons you went, you won't go anymore. It's a very, very difficult thing to do from a guy that goes to casinos and plays a lot. I don't think it's possible. I really don't. And the mask, thing is a, the mask thing is a disaster. You're right. Some drunk's going to rip it off, spit in somebody's face when he's wasted. Like, it just has train wreck written oh, all over it. it. It's just, it's... I know everyone's freaking out. You want to get back. It's only been a month, guys. I get it. I understand the economy's tanking and everything, and people are flipping out, but yep. you're just going to make it worse, and there's going to be a second wave of this as well. It sucks. We're in the middle of a pandemic, guys. It, it is what it is. There's no, we, we don't control this. The virus does, and we just need these guys to get on this damn vaccination, man. That's the key. Like, you know, get vaccination, it. guys, then, three, then. four years from now, It'll be like Nelson Munz. Ha ha, coronavirus. People will be yeah. laughing. Ha ha, yeah, remember that stupid thing? We're not there yet. We're not laughing at this thing yet, right? And, you know, this, like this, it's it just, listen to all these rules. I don't even want to go through them all, Ken. Dealer to sanitize tote boxes when entering a game. Um, pie gout tile, sanitize when new dealer enters the game. Employees to sanitize tables and chairs and, uh, and usage during the game. So how's the dealer even going to deal, Cam? Like, it sounds like the dealer's like a janitor maintenance man now. Yeah, what's he got? Latex gloves on, just throwing the cards? Like, I I don't know. I, 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 it just sounds like more trouble than it's what it's worth. And you're right, Gabe. It's like, this is not something that's unprecedented. It's never happened in our lives. God forbid, you know, I knew a couple of guys, you know, that uh, their dads went to Vietnam. My friends from the States are parents of World War. Like, this is nothing in our lifetime. We've been pretty lucky as citizens. Let's call it out for what it is. We've had a pretty good go of it. None of us have had to gone gone off the war or whatever. This is the first serious thing, and you said it. It's been one month. 
I get it. We all have problems. There's money issues right now, whatever. But going out and forcing things are just going to make it 100 times worse. So you got to bear down for a year. And then uh, hopefully things, you know what I mean? That's that's the bottom line. I hate to be that guy, the voice of reason, but that's what it is. Till there's vaccinations, you can't be playing around, dude. That's the bottom line. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it doesn't mean that Leeds can't get it going. No, can work. No, they yeah, got it. But as far as general, you're right. As far as general, general society and... You know, I was thinking about that. Even sports books, it's not going to be the same. They'll open up sports books again, but you know, you can only have 25 people in there at once or whatnot. It's just that's what I miss, Cam. I miss society. I know. I'm a people person as well. Like, you know, I was at the FanDuel sports book every night doing the show out of there. I was the mayor of the Meadowlands talking to people and shaking hands and all that's different. You can't shake hands anymore. All yeah. right. So we got some questions coming in here. And it's a good one actually from JC. JC Winters. What's up, JC? Um, question of the day. Do you think Vegas will move their lines to like 115 or minus 120 in the future to offset some of the losses uh, that they've had? You know what? I don't think they will. Because to be honest, guys, Vegas casinos are different. Like FanDuel, DraftKings, etc. they're only sports books. They're taking yeah. a beating here on this, all right? This is their business. A Vegas casino, an Atlantic City casino, guys, people don't realize this, but you know it, Cam. A sports book's like 3% of their revenue. It's yeah. nothing. They don't even like, give you, like, they don't care. Yeah, no. yeah. The, the crazy thing about sports books is, I've always wondered, and I told people when we've been around Vegas, I, me and you have dropped thousands there. We're getting, what, a couple drink tickets? We should be accommodated for rooms. They don't treat the sports gambler the same way as they do the slot player. There's a reason the sports gambler. book's always in the back corner of a casino. You ever seen That's a sports book in the center of the room? No. That's exactly. Right? It's there. They hope that you bet on sports and then stumble out and bet on the tables after. That's their whole thing. But yeah, like, so when people, oh, Vegas sports book casinos, they don't care. Like, and, and honestly, like I live there, guys. In the summertime, some of them close. Yeah, they're they're ghost towns. Yeah. yeah, like basically, like you could bet on sports there, but they basically they'll have a window open at the cage. Yeah, you want to bet? There's a kiosk here, and this is the summertime, guys, with the Vegas sports books. That's when they'll put the new carpet down. That's when they'll renovate the place for football season. All right, we'll put mm -hmm. new TVs in. We're gonna shut it down. You can bet at the cage, right? There's not a lot of people in a Vegas sports book in the summertime. And another thing is Vegas in the summertime is hot as hell, and. Like I said, it's just, it's Vegas is in a tough situation. It's amazing. Their city was going so well. And then to get hit with this, out of a lot of cities, Vegas is really going to be affected by this. There's such a tourism industry, and they're driven by tourism uh, so much. All right. Um, so, Lord Thunderwing, what was the most, uh, what was the best rivalry in hockey? The old school Canadian rivalries he's asking about. Canadians, Nordiques, Leafs, Senators. Flames, Oilers. Meh. It's Canadians or Nordiques and Flames, Oilers. For me, I'm actually going to do something different. I'm going to go with a Canadian-American team over the years. It's Boston and Montreal because they were always good. They always met in the playoffs and there oh, was yeah, yeah. wars. So I think the real... I he asked about the regional oh, rivalry. Oh, regional rivalry? Uh, oh, yeah. Battle of Alberta is okay. You know what it is? The Quebec, Quebec and Montreal is as good those as were, got. Those were great. But the thing is... They actually weren't great at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Edmonton and Calgary were playing to go to cups and stuff. Yeah, that's Canadians true. Canadians and Nordiques just beat the crap out of each other in the first round of the playoffs. And, like, they didn't, you know? 
Great point. And also, if you watch this year, the Alberta rivalry has really been going on. Like, I've watched games this year. They've, the most violence that we've had in the National Hockey League have been the Edmonton-Calgary games, like bench brawls, all sorts of stuff. So it lives today. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give the battle of Alberta. Ottawa-Toronto, that's uh, that's pussy uh, stuff there. Right? I, I, you know, that, that's weak like, compared to the Alberta one. Don't you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was just so manufactured. Um, our boy Ken checks in, says, uh, have you and Cam ever thought about uh, being a tag team uh, in wrestling? Uh, I got to be honest with you, Ken. Like, I injure myself hosting this show right now. Like, I tag team. Like, yeah, I'll go for a finishing move and get winded or whatever. I don't know. I, me and Gabe got a bigger I don't know if I have the energy to be a manager and, like, walk out. I guess I could do that and stand on the side. Like, go, Cam, let's go, buddy. Need some, need some dust. Like Kabuki, yeah, blind oh, I've my... always thought me and Cam would be good at wrestling, actually. Um, everyone knows my famous story in which I got attacked by Billy Gunn, and I got pulled over the rail. I was in the crowd, and I hit Billy Gunn in the face with a beer, and he got so pissed off, he literally came over to me, and he pulled me. I was like, I could tell when he was caught. I was like, oh, he's mad for real. I hit him right in the face, bro. But I didn't mean to. I did, and I did it. Like... People were throwing cups at him, and it was in the old days, so you could throw things, right? But I was in, the, like, the first row, and I was double-fisting the can. And one of my beers was a little warm and flat, but it was, like, half full. So people were throwing. Billy Gunn was sort of walking towards me, and I said, hey, Billy. And I flipped the cup at him, except the weight of the beer was like a missile can. Like, I didn't mean to do it. I thought it would just sort of whatever and ha, ha, ha. No, it, like, flew in the air with weight smacked Billy Gunn right in the forehead, like hard, bam, and the beer went all over him. And he, he got so mad, he came over, and he pulled me over the rail. <laughs> and uh, people in the building thought it was part of the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who's this guy? Yeah, so I'm down, and he's got me in like an arm bar type thing, right? He grabbed me by the arm and the back, and he told me, I'm going to have to kill you, kid. And he's like, I'm going to kill you, whatever. And security are sort of like getting him off of me. That's <laughs> and, they walked me up the ramp, Cam, where the wrestlers came out. Oh, yeah, I love the ramp. Very steep. People don't yeah. understand. That ramp's pretty steep. Yeah, no, but it wasn't Monday Night Raw. It was yeah. like a house show. Okay. So, but still, it was sort of like the ramp, but like the, the I, they, I got brought out where the wrestlers were coming in. So after, after the show outside on the street, people were coming up to me. They were like, who's your character? Who are you with? Are you a manager? And they thought I was part of the show, Cam. I played it up too. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. New guy in town. Watch, dude, tune in next. Tune in next week. You'll see. <laughs> That's the best. I told the story too. I heard. I went back like four or five months later. Billy Gunn came back, and uh, I had like, I had like signs and stuff. I'm trolling him. This is years ago, right? Billy Gunn comes over and he goes, "What's your problem, anyways?" Yeah, like, what's do you your... remember, right? And uh, he goes, "Are we good?" And he shook my hand and stuff. Then I became a big fan. I'm like, Billy Gunn, everybody. This guy rocks. <laughs> oh, yeah, Billy Gunn. <laughs> yeah, he could have put you up. those days. He could have put like 20 that's... years ago, 25 years ago, Cam, getting drunk and going to wrestling and stuff. Great times. Love it. Love it. No, that's the thing, too. Like, he has the right. Like, once you've thrown a beer on him there, like, you're pretty nice. They only put you in, like, an arm bar. Good thing he didn't, like, really uh, wind you up and crank you one. That would have been uh, pretty tough. There's a prop out there, Cam, for the National Football League draft. Uh, tomorrow, let's start locking it down. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? We'll have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll have three uh, 
three more shows leading up to the draft. So we'll just go betting, betting, prop, 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 prop. Mike Blue will join us in a couple minutes. We'll get into the NFL draft uh, as well. Uh, but what about Alabama? Over under five and a half players taken in the first round. You think they get the six? I'm sort of seeing five. I see five. Five. Six, six is a little much, huh? Five. Like King Kong Bundy, buddy. So yes. two, two is a lock for the first round. Yep. Jerry Judy's a lock, obviously. Yep. Henry Ruggs is going in the first round. Yes, he is. Uh, although I think after 13 and a half. Uh, Jedrick Wills, guaranteed first rounder. So there's four locks right there. McKinney. Is that is five? Is McKinney a lock? Late first rounder? Mm, that's But who's six? That's only five. Two yeah. a one, Judy two, Ruggs three, Wills four, McKinney five. And then you get Trayvon Diggs or uh, Raquan Davis. Yeah. I don't think they get the six. I think it's five. Yeah, I like five, too. Maybe I mean, four. I like five. I think they'll get to nah, five. I, I, I'm with you. I think McKinney will be a late first-round pick. Because, look, Cam, there's going to be so many wide receivers drafted. When there's wide receivers drafted, what do other teams need to do? Take defensive yeah, box. Yeah. You've exactly. got to fight that. Right? Exactly. It's like, all right, they're going to have a stud kid for a couple of years. I better get a stud DB right now. Or I better get that good safety. Um, so it's five and a half for total Alabama players. Uh, five and a half for LSU players. Uh, that seems well. That's high too. Uh, it's over plus two twenty-five though. Yeah. For LSU, under is minus three ten. Joe Burrow is a lock. Uh, Jefferson. Ben. Yeah, they're not getting there. Like no way. I don't Del- like Lane Juice. I don't think Delpit Del- doesn't have six players being drafted Del- in the first. They're game. talking about Delpit. Del- I, w- I was telling Puccio, he's really slipping too. They have people with Winfield Jr. from Minnesota ahead of him on a lot of mocks, which is interesting. They have him as maybe as a third safety taken. He'll definitely go in round two. Dude, man, I remember I don't know what's about three weeks ago, Cam, and I was like, he's not getting drafted that high. It's tough, though. I didn't want to have my money tied up forever. I didn't know if the draft was going to be canceled. We're uncertain. You know, we're in this uncertain world right now. But the draft is real here, guys. So it's time to start locking it down. Uh, great stuff, uh, Cam. Mike Blewett's going to step up and in. We'll talk some uh, NFL draft uh, props, NFL news with Mike Blewett. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. You are watching and listening to Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on the grid. Mike Blewett's on the grid, and Mike Blewett's on the clock, as well as the National Football League draft rapidly approaches. Mike, how you doing? Doing all right, man. Uh, excited just a few days away, so uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, in a world of uncertainty, it's nice to have a little certainty, at least to know that we have the National Football League draft. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a million props on the board to take a look at. One of the more uh, polarizing players of this year has been uh, Tua coming out of Alabama. It's it's funny how time changes things. You look at the world that we live in and how the times have changed. Uh, but if you go back to like last year, people were talking about tanking for Tua, tanking yeah. for Tua. And yeah. it makes you wonder. I remember a couple of years ago, it was I guess three years ago, four years ago, I guess it would have been four actually, when Sam Darnold lit the world on fire in Los Angeles with the USC Trojans. Yeah. And and he went back and he played another year. 
That's right. And people were talking about, wow, people are going to tank for Sam Darnold. And I remember Sam Darnold actually stating, anybody that tanks for me doesn't know what they're doing. It wouldn't be a very smart move <laughs> to try <laughs> to tank uh, to get me. Uh, and that always stuck with me. But pe when people talk about that, like right now, people talk, well, maybe the Jaguars would be better off tanking for Trevor Lawrence uh, right now. That Trevor Lawrence is up next yet. By the time next year's NFL draft approaches, God knows what's going on in the world. And maybe Trevor Lawrence isn't Trevor Lawrence anymore. It's amazing how time can change the perception on a player. And Gabe, if, for, just in the example with Tua specifically, if you were trying to convince somebody that it wasn't going to be Tua that was going to be the top quarterback drafted, they would have told you to be Justin Herbert. They might have come up with some other names. But at this time last year, nobody would have told you Joe Burrow. It's a good point. Nobody. You know, I brought it up. Phil Steele, who's you know pretty much the best in the business when it comes to college football. He is like Herb Street's good. And, you know, there's guys that are good out there that know college football. Uh, my boy, Mark Lawrence, a great handicapper with college football. But Phil Steele and we had Phil Steele on uh, before the season started. And yeah. I said, Phil, who's the dark horse for the Heisman? And Because I brought it up. Whoever the favorite for the Heisman is, guys, never wins. That's my whole point with this almost every yeah. year. There's always some slam dunk. Oh, this kid's coming back. There's no way he's not the Heisman Trophy winner. And like Manziel, when he won, he came out of nowhere. Like yeah. the kids always come out of nowhere. Joe Burrow was 200 to one, Mike. Think about that. He was 200 to one. It was laughable to think that LSU was going to run the table. Yes. And then, you know, Joe Burrow looked good two years ago with LSU, but he didn't look like number one pick in the NFL draft. Uh, good. No way. One thing that in my research, and I say I'm a real Matlock guy here, that I discovered this, my <laughs> research, <laughs> um, I have nothing like real secret. Ooh, in my research, I came up with this. I didn't realize that Joe Burrow is going to be 25 years old in December. Yeah. He's 24 years old now. He's going to be 25 before the season's even done. That's the one thing that, wow, I didn't realize that, though, though about Burrow. Did you realize he was that old? I did, only because one of the writers from The Athletic, Michael Salfino, whom I know a little bit, really virtually, we go back and forth on things. He's been harping on this uh, quite a bit. So he's older than some of the younger quarterbacks that are in the league already. Uh, his only comp, really, of an older quarterback that came out recently would be Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was a little bit older. Carson Wentz and Teddy Bridgewater are, are virtually the same age, only about a month apart. So you start to do those comparisons, how long Teddy Bridgewater has been in the league in comparison to Carson Wentz. So, yeah, Burrow is older than some of these young quarterbacks that are already have a couple of years under their belt. And the thing is, guys, generally, generally NFL teams, it's a flag. They don't like older guys. Right. They, you know, if you're right. old, they, they don't like it you, they, they, because basically you wonder if you're 24 years old, you're 25. How much more upside is there? That's right. You know what I mean? You've already grown physically. How much bigger are you getting? How much? Why stronger couldn't you, you develop getting? earlier? Right. Yes. Like, so did you just have that flash year? You know, it's funny because actually I always say that about MMA fighting. Right. You always get like they'll sign these new dudes in the UFC or when there was the UFC, but yeah. they would sign these new dudes out of Brazil. And I'd say, dude, if this guy was any good, they would have signed him seven years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're sort of at the point now, well, all right, now we'll bring this guy in. Uh, but it's interesting. It's like BYU players, guys. You know, yeah. BYU guys are all old, sort of like Detmer. Uh, remember uh, the kid out of Florida State? <clears throat> uh, Chris Wanky. Wanky. Chris Wanky, yeah. He was older, older, though. He was literally yeah. like 27. He played baseball for a long period of time and then came over. Brandon Whedon, same kind of thing. You know, yeah. those guys were yeah, and what's in the their common late pattern? 20s. They all sucked. Yeah. Yeah, look, <laughs> like, I, the I'll, I'll say this. And yeah. Carson Wentz has never gotten better. 
Carson yeah. Wentz played his best football as a rookie. Yeah, he was on fire for about a month last year, but it didn't sustain. Uh, obviously, they, they got a weapons issue there for him. But uh, I would say that I'm more concerned about the lack of experience with a quarterback than I am about their age. I think it's a fair critique and a data point to look at, but I get more concerned. Dwayne Haskins only playing 13 games. Mitch Trubisky only playing 13 games. Mark Sanchez had only played about 16 games when they came out. And too early to tell on Haskins, but Trubisky's already effectively benched. And Sanchez uh, looked good early, but that was a team built on defense and running the ball, and he really couldn't sustain his success. So that's a bigger red flag for me than it is maybe the guy being a year or two older. But I think it's fair to look at. So when I started this, I was talking about Tua, and it reminds me a lot of last year with Lamar Jackson. And in diff different scenario, but the same way. You know, basically, there was just a daily campaign and smear job against Lamar last year. Yeah. Oh, his footwork is back, uh, is bad. We wonder about his intelligence, um, you know, the football IQ. Uh, he's just fast. He took off. All of which wasn't true. Yeah. Like, I remember Bobby Petrino was his coach, talking about an NFL coach, right? Yeah. And Bobby yeah. Petrino said, no, he's got great footwork. We worked on it. Like, he really was, like, much better than the so-called experts uh, said he was. Now... Most of the, the so-called experts, the draft gurus, all say nice things about Tua. It's more the unnamed NFL guys, which yeah. leads me to believe they like him a lot, right? Yeah. That's the way I'm looking at this. Oh, you know, remember like Miami right away? Oh, Miami did a bad interview with Miami. Miami's not really interested. It's funny. Now there's reports Miami were trying to get him online the other day to do a conference call with him, yeah. uh, right? So, it's, uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys don't like him all that much. The prop right now is over under three and a half, uh, plus 225. But just like last year, uh, or uh, you know, when Lamar came into the league a couple of years ago, just uh, when Lamar came in, it was the similar situation about, ooh, the Wonderlick and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And let's go over the Wonderlick scores. And I you know, call, call me silly. I remember when I'm, I'm old enough, uh, Mike, and you are too, when the Wonderlick was supposed to be confidential. Like, yeah. this isn't a combine. Like, what's the deal with the one? Why are we getting Wonderlick scores all the time now? Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah. So, I, I, the one thing I would say to that is that while I'm intrigued by the Wonderlick scores, and I admit selfishly it's a talking point for us, uh, I, I shouldn't know what they are. I, I don't want to, I don't, I, I shouldn't know what they are. You shouldn't know what they are. Nobody should know what they are. I think it unfairly paints these pictures as, these players as, simpletons or somebody that can't grasp an offense when no, yeah. nobody, no analyst really knows how to grasp an offense either. So you can't possibly put your... Yeah, but the thing uh, is, you I can be able to grasp... Up. You can grasp an offense and not I do agree. well on the Wonderland. I agree. I agree. Like, if you look at Tua, his football IQ is through the roof. It is. Like, he doesn't make mistakes. Like, that's the whole thing with him. He doesn't make mistakes. He makes the right decision. He doesn't fumble. He doesn't throw interceptions. Like, he doesn't... Like, basically... I've seen interviews with him after Alabama games before, and he was upset at himself because of an incomplete pass. Yeah. He's like, oh, I missed a pass in the second quarter. I really should have got that. I'm going to look at the tape, why I missed the pass. Like, like Nick Saban basically stated that he's a perfectionist almost to a fault. Like, he's yeah. bothered by everything all the time. And it's funny because Lamar Jackson, same thing. Oh, he didn't do well in the Wonderlick and stuff. Uh, Lamar has a pretty high football IQ. Like, he, he, you know, he knows how to bait people. He knows when to take off. So... Let's just go over the Wonderlick scores uh, that we yeah. have. 
uh, right now. Yeah. And it means nothing. All right. So Nate Stanley, quarterback out of Iowa, scored a 40. Yep. Scored yep. a 40. Yeah. Nate Stanley will be a career backup in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jake Probably. Fromm. Jake Fromm scored a 35. Good for him. The he love affair him. with Jake Fromm is happening. You know it. I know it. You're already starting to see stories about it's not it. happening with me. People, I, I, not from us, but from some of the NFL crowd. Uh, really liking Jake Fromm. Now, again, there's a lot of smoke being thrown around, but... I like Jake Jacob Fromm, Eason better. The guy yeah. that he actually replaced at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Joe Lisi, whom I've spoken to uh, several times this week, loves Eason, too. He's the guy that he thinks has a chance to sneak in and be the late first-round pick just based on his ability. Uh, Joe Burrow got a 34. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Love, 27. Justin Herbert, 25. Um, we won't go through every player, but you're know, talking about the bigger name quarterbacks. Jacob Eason, 23. Uh, James Morgan, Florida International. He's a trendy pick, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, there's people that secretly, well, not so secretly, are liking him a lot. Kid out of Florida International, played a Bowling Green as well right. before. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, 18. Tua, 13. Yeah. Um, so to put it into perspective, Lamar Jackson last year, 13. I almost like that. So you're telling me uh -huh. the MVP got 13 last year? Yeah. Wasn't too aware number 13? It's perfect. He does. He does. He's 13. He's a, Dolphins he, fans that's creating That's what I would joke about him. Dolphins say, hey, fans go. creating it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You got 13 on 13, you know? So he's got Dolphins fans creating a conspiracy theory that he wore Dan Marino's number his whole life, and then he scored Dan Marino's number on the Wonderlick, so he's destined to go to the Dolphins. Well, that's the thing, that you want to get into the Wonderlick score. Greg, uh, Greg McElroy is a great guy, smart guy. I enjoy him as a as an analyst on TV. He was doing the XFL. He does college football, and I don't. I didn't see. He's not listed here as the greatest all time, but it's no secret, really. He got fifty on fifty. Yeah. Like Greg McElroy answered everything. Boom, 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 Fitz boom. knocked it out of the park too. And Greg McElroy was a terrible NFL quarterback. He's not. Yeah. He lasted two years in the NFL or whatever. Yeah. He's a third string quarterback. That's Ryan right. Fitzpatrick. Well, Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Oh, he went to Harvard. Uh, right. So there's no correlation between having a high Wonderlick score and and having a being a big time quarterback. As Mike mentioned, Dan Marino scored um, Jim Kelly and Dan Marino. He scored a, a 15 uh, on the Wonderlick. Uh, Don, Donovan McNabb got a 14, uh, went 98, 62 and one as a starter, six Pro Bowls. Uh, in 13 seasons. So, you know, this Wonderlick stuff is just stupid. I, you know, I don't really under, I get, I get some of the questions they ask these guys. They want to see like, you know, their, their personalities and how they react to certain things. Yeah. I, you know, some of the questions are too much, but the Wonderlick stuff is just stupid. Yeah. I've taken I, a Wonderlick test. I don't know why you would score so low. It isn't a difficult test, but uh, again, there isn't to, as far as we know, any correlation between the score and your ability to be a good QB. You just ripped off three, two guys that are in the Hall of Fame and another one that was building a, built a huge career and didn't score over 15. I guarantee you, though, if you gave the Wonderlick to a bunch of coaches, they'd do terrible. If you gave the Wonderlick to, like, I'd like to see, give the Wonderlick to Rex Ryan. Let's see how he does. It's 50 questions, 12 minutes. You know, you're under the gun. So yeah. if you're not good at taking standardized tests like that, you're not going to do well. And... Well, the fact is, I don't think they care either. Uh, Vin, Vince Young walked out, right? Vince Young, like, did, like, 10 questions and basically stopped. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was like, he was like, this is stupid. And he got up and he walked out. Um, you know, it's, they want to see, you know, your, um, your temperament, how can you solve problems and all that, but yeah. it's all irrelevant. Like it's, it's hypocritical. Like if the NFL was some perfectionist league, then I would get it. Yeah. Like, you know, so you're worried about a guy's wonder like test, but you're not worried that, you know, he beat up a pregnant woman before. Yeah. Like I, I understand see, that's, the... that's, that's where I'm going with this. Like, yeah, so I agree. They're, they're, it's a waste of time. Like yeah. this stuff. I, I think the personal aptitude test, like a personality test and a football aptitude test are things that I'd be far more interested in at, at, if I'm evaluating these players than a wonder lick, which, as you said, most of the guys are just sort of putting a stamp on it. They don't really I care. I would agree with that. I would agree with that, that. You know, the, you know, when little Susie went to the market with, you know, 12 yeah. eggs, how many did she come back with? I don't give a crap if Jalen Hurts answers this. Right. I can understand why he'd be like, you know, screw off uh, with this. But it's a good point that you raised. If I was a team and I was a GM, you know, obviously it's about the football player. It's about the type of guy he is, the type mm -hmm. of character. And I don't mean, ooh, I'm looking for Rudy here, but... I mean, does he fit what we're doing? Is he the type of player that'll fit the role of our team? But my biggest concern would exactly be that, is that I just want to know if we give, and I want to know about his personality, and it's all about money. I just need to know. If we give this kid a ton of money, what's going to happen? Right. Is he going to be, is he going to go buy like, you know, 18 Rolexes and knock up six chicks? Yeah. Is he going to, and I'm not judging people on how they spend their money, but you know what I mean? I need to know, is he going to get soft? Because we've seen this, right? And, you know, there's been a problem out of Alabama before in the past. Alabama's been on a nice run as of late, but we've seen this, and it used to be the way in, in, uh, with Russians in the old days in hockey, um, in which they went through so much. They made it getting there. We see it in the NBA sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. With underachievers, they made it. Like, that's their goal, like, to get there. Yeah. You know, I think Leonard Fournette is sort of a guy like that for me. I think Leonard Fournette sort of looks at it like, I went through hell. I don't even really like this. I played college ball. I did it to get the money. Now I got the money. Right. Right. And what do you want from me? Yeah. You know, there's some guys that aren't going to take it to the next level. Yeah. And you see I, that I in sports, fair. right? You give yeah. money to guys. Some guys want to be the best. Other guys want to get paid. Albert so I'm looking the for the guys who want to be the best. Albert Hainsworth, the biggest example, right? He got that paycheck and decided, I'm done with all this. And he didn't really want to work after that. You know, I, I think the, the key question in all of this is that when you draft somebody, especially if you're drafting somebody high in the first round, they're going to leave everything else behind. Family and football. Like, that's it. Does the switch flip for the guy that, like, hey, I'm done partying like crazy. I, th those are my college days. Can I dedicate myself? Which, frankly... I understand why it's hard for a 22-year-old guy to be now the leader of an organization is hard, but you know what it is? that's what you need. It's interesting. I look at a guy like Norman Powell on the Toronto Raptors, and you look, it's unfortunate for him because just as everything got shut down, he was really starting to come into his own. Yeah. And he was one of these guys that had a ton of talent, got to the NBA, but didn't push it. He was happy to be in the NBA. He was happy to go to the club. He was happy to make $13 million a year, you know what I mean, or whatever, 12 mil. And good. it's good money, as you said. So, oh, you're a big loser, right? Yeah, I'm in the NBA and I'm making 10 mil right. or whatever it was. But it was like, bro, you could be better. And then someone, they, I think it was DeMar DeRozan, explained to him, you'll make more money if you're better. <laughs> and he sort of got it and he stepped it up or not. But we'll continue this and uh, we'll get in uh, to the National Football League draft and some of the teams and the problem. 
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. You are watching and listening to Game Time Decisions. I am Renzi. I'm on the grid. SP Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. We're throwing it down with Mike Blue. We're talking about the National Football League draft. All right, let's get into uh, some players and some teams uh, specifically. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take Joe Burrow, um, although I won't bet it. I'm not going to bet it because it's like 70 yeah. to 1. Yeah, it's crazy now. Although I will admit, I did bet on that uh, Ionescu. Um, girl to be selected first. Nice. The what were your address. odds? Uh, Fifty to one. Very nice. I bet a hundred dollars to win two dollars. <laughs> I don't usually do that. It's a lot. Yeah, no. Honestly, I, I, I was honestly I was sitting there and I was like, go ahead. The WNBA draft is on. I'm like, oh, let me see what the odds are for. I was like, oh, fifty to one. It's just one. I mean, it's just one. It's just one action, right? It's like when, when people were betting the big money on UConn women's hoops to win tournaments, to bet like 30 grand to win 500 bucks, it's like, hey, they got to win six games. It's not really a great bet. Yeah, but this Ionescu, 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 one that selection. was a mortal lock. Like, it was the lock yeah. of all locks. It could have been like 50,000 to one. I right. did it with Zion as well, because that was a lock of all locks. Joe Burrow is a lock of all locks, but I wouldn't do it just because the NFL is crazy, right? Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't do it just because you're you, betting on the worst franchise in the NFL for 30 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's they make a lot of bad decisions. I just figured, hey, I got a kick out of it. I made two bucks. I've, I got a Coca-Cola <laughs> out of the deal. <laughs> I got a Coca-Cola out of the deal. So the Washington Redskins, we never know. One thing I find interesting, too, and I never put any stock zero at all. In the, in, the, in the media's mock drafts. Uh, but I'll tell you that uh, Jason Lackenfora, who I do like, yeah. Lackenfora said that uh, he spoke with, you know, and I do believe him. So he said, I spoke with a bunch of GMs. And the GMs all told me the same thing. He goes, I see all your guys' mock drafts. He oh, goes, way same. off this year. Yeah. And I, you know, what does that mean? He's just standing. He goes, you guys are off this year on your draft board. So I wonder where, you know, everyone's thinking differently. So let me let me throw it at you. Washington Redskins, do you think they trade the pick? I say no, they don't. I think they're going to hang on to it and take Chase Young. I think they hang on to it and take Chase Young. Ryan Kerrigan's 32. Uh, he's been a very productive player for them. But it's his last year of his deal. Uh, it might even make some sense if they moved on from Kerrigan. I don't know what that would do to locker room. But if they moved on from Kerrigan, because they have Montez Sweat, who they drafted last year, they'd have Chase Young as bookend uh, pass rushers for the next uh, conceivable amount of years. All right, so the Detroit Lions are sort of when the, the wild card begins here. That's right. Uh, Quinn, uh, the general manager, Bob Quinn, has sort of put it out there. He leaked it that they're open, their phones, they're, you know, they're, they're willing to take a call on yeah. this. They I don't mind him saying that because he just should. Like, everybody yeah. call me. I get it. I get it. But And they're, they're kind of tough to predict, though. Will they take Jeff Okuda? They lost Darius Slay. Will they take Okuda? I was thinking so. Now I'm not so sure. I think they might trade the pick, or 
You know, the, when, when guys, when, when I just said, when the guys told Akinfora, we think you're a little off on your board, and then not Akinfora, they, they, they told Akinfora, all the mock drafts are a little off this year, it seems yeah. to them. Yeah. I think Isaiah Simmons might be that guy that the media is not hyping up that coaches and players like. Wouldn't shock me if Isaiah Simmons went uh, to the Detroit Lions if they held on the pick. It would not shock me either. They drafted a linebacker, Jared Davis, a couple of years back. He hasn't been the game-breaker that they anticipated. It's a good player, but not the game-breaker. Isaiah Simmons is at another level. Where I think it could go haywire, Gabe, is that I think a lot of people suspect that Detroit could move out of that pick, that Giants could move out of their pick. And what I think could screw people up is that since there aren't a lot of available slots for QBs, teams might sit on their hands and just wait for the QBs to drop. That's the one thing yeah. I'm thinking. But if you really love Tua, you have to do everything in your power to get him. It's one of these weird deals. It really is. They really are playing poker here. That's right. Because if you are, if you're the Miami Dolphins and you're the LA Chargers, there's no secret you need quarterbacks. So you're sitting there at five and six. Yep. All right. So Cincinnati, you're taking Burrow. Washington, you're taking Chase Young. Detroit's not taking a quarterback. The New York Giants aren't taking a quarterback. I don't. I mean, some people think, "Ooh, the Lions are going to take a quarterback." I don't see it happening. No way. Uh, the Giants aren't taking a quarterback. All right, no. that's a fact. They're not yeah. taking a quarterback, and it's unpredictable. Gettleman's unpredictable, but he ain't taking a quarterback. So I'm hearing the same thing that the Dolphins and Chargers basically think we don't have to trade up. We'll just stand pat. And and also, although this is no way to run a franchise, I'm hearing word out of L.A. with the Chargers is. They'll just let the chips fall where they may. If yeah. the Dolphins take Tua, they'll take Herbert. If the That's Dolphins right. take Herbert, they'll take Tua. Is that a way to run a franchise? I don't think so. I'd rather them be more committed than that. But, <laughs> That's like uh, fantasy football. Well, I guess I'll take Matt Ryan or Stafford if they're... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's, for, for me, I'd want them to want some conviction in the building. But you know what? If you have 10 personnel guys and you got a 5-5 split... And you know you need a quarterback. They're the one team that really absolutely needs one. I mean, Miami, Miami, the Chargers, the Jaguars, whom I actually don't think are going to take a QB or don't have to because the team's so bad. So they need holes. That. And then the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders will take QB. I was sort of thinking it. Maybe they – I think the Raiders, if they do, they take a chance on someone a little bit later. Yeah, I so think they're a the, wild card team. I'm, yeah. I don't think they're going to win. Well, they have the 12th the and 19th pick. They can really improve their football team. That's right. They're not they're not hiding it that they want a wide receiver. So let me ask you then, because all the, the wide receiver row, so to speak, I look at it like a monopoly game. You know what I mean? Like so you're on like the row here, Park Avenue, so to speak. Now, the wide receivers, it's that 11, 12, 13 range, right? The New yes. York Jets at 11, the Raiders at 12, Broncos. San Francisco at 13. Yeah, yeah, and Broncos too, yeah. Yeah, Broncos 15. What about the Jags at nine? Are they, um, I, is, to me, Minshew's not good enough that you're going to get him somebody. I agree. Right? I, it's more so like, no, no, we'll get someone else and maybe get another quarterback and, and build the football team. Get like Derek Brown or get someone, you know, a defensive guy here. They sure. need defense. They've lost yeah. everybody. Like, yes. to me, like, it's not like, oh, we've got to get Minshew a stud. Minshew blows. So, yeah. but I'm just asking, do you think 
like Jerry Judy? Or where does the first wide receiver get drafted, do you think? So I think this is where, it, much like the quarterbacks potentially sliding, keep in mind, we saw a couple of years ago in a draft, which we thought was going to be completely dominated by defense in the top 10, multiple teams trade up into the top 10 to take Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross. Now, the, the, I, you can evaluate those guys however you want. Mike Williams has been pretty good. Davis, probably a disappointment thus far. And John Ross, barely on the field. So what I think is because there's so many wide receivers, many teams are thinking they can just sit around and wait. Well, if the Raiders really love Jerry Judy, then they could be on the move. Maybe all the way up to number three, maybe to number nine, just to leapfrog the Jets. If I'm the Jaguars, I'm absolutely putting that pick up for sale. Top to bottom, it's the worst roster in the NFL. They made one one really impact free agency signing in Joe Schobert. They're probably the worst team in the NFL, actually. I think the Jaguars and the Bengals are the two worst teams top to bottom, and the Jaguars are going to have Gardner Minshew versus Joe Burrow uh, going into next season. So, uh, you know, as as much as I I understand how bad the Bengals are, they signed a few guys, too. They signed DJ Reader. They signed Trey Waynes. They signed multiple guys. They actually spent some money. Now, is Zach Taylor the guy to lead this team? Yeah, into success, I don't know. But the Jaguars have been consistently the worst franchise for a decade, uh, w- losing multiple digits, uh, double-digit games eight of nine years. So I think that Jaguars picks should be on the move. They should try f- to get additional first and second round picks, even if it's to move back a couple of slots and let Judy go to the Raiders or Judy go to the Niners. Whoever wants Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb or Henry Ruggs, come up and get him. You know, C.D. Lamb... Not a lot of talk about him over the last couple of days, which leads me to believe the teams like him. There's a lot of unknowns and variables here. It, you know, to me, and I've been betting the draft a long time. It's not my first draft bet, all right? Yeah. Um, this is a really freaking hard draft to bet on. I agree. It really is hard. Why? Because there's so many good players. Like, there's just, you know what I mean? You could say, well, Jerry Judy might go first, but see them, someone might like CeeDee Lamb uh, as well. There's a couple of over-under props that I do like that I'm going to say over the number because I think there's so many good wide receivers, teams are going to wait. But I do think it's going to be like a fantasy football draft. Once once there's a run on it, people are going to panic. And they're going to step up and go, all right, we better grab we better grab rugs now since Judy's gone and Lamb's gone. We don't want to fall too far uh, behind this. They're all at the same prop here, 12 and a half. Jerry Judy is 12 and a half. CeeDee Lamb is 12 and a half. Who do you think gets drafted first? And let me ask you too, the Cleveland Browns are at 10. We didn't bring them up. I yeah. don't think the Cleveland Browns, they shouldn't take a wide receiver. They don't need don't a don't. wide receiver. Yeah. But you're hearing all this talk, they're going to get a wide receiver. And now there's more grumblings about uh, about Beckham being traded. Yeah. There was the Viking rumor that was squashed. I, I'm not discounting it. I think if we were in a perfect world right now and we weren't under lockdown and all this type of stuff, I think they would trade him. I yeah. think it's more complicated now. It's just no one really knows anything. He's not happy there. He's not fitting in there. He wants out of there. He was never happy to go there in the first place. You know he doesn't want to stay there. So yeah. I'm sort of buying it. But does Cleveland, like, take – what do you take – what do you think of Lamb I mean, when it comes 12 and a half? When it comes to the Browns uh, trading Beckham and even the Lions trading number three, th- there's also a key question in all this, Gabe, is are they going to get what they're asking for? And if the Lions don't get what they're asking for at three – then they might just take Jeff Okuda or Isaiah Simmons, as you said. Similar with the Browns and, and Beckham. They're throwing it out there, but if nobody's going to give them a first-round pick or whatever it is they might be asking for, second and a fifth or, or whatever, then they'll just hang on to him. 
Uh, as far as Judy and Lamb, if I had to make a, a slight prediction here, because people are saying that the mocks are wrong, I'll say that a couple of teams try to trade up to get those two guys, Judy and or Lamb, in the top 10. Uh, so th that's the bold prediction, if you consider that to be bold, that I would make. I don't think the Jets can sit there at 11 and get who they want. Same with the Raiders, same with the Niners. You have three teams that we all know their top need is a wide receiver. They can't sit there and just take who's left. They have to go get the guy that they like. And I'll say it's Judy over Lamb. All right, so let me ask you about your Pittsburgh Steelers. The sports Chris Mike Blewett is a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I am. Um, they drafted their first-round pick for Fitzpatrick. Right. And you know what? I don't have a problem with it. He played very well. He's a good football player. Um, so now the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, their first draft pick up uh, is the 49th pick yeah. uh, in the draft. So Only very difficult. Picks. Yeah, like so when like people ask me to, I'm a Buffalo Bill fan for people tuning in that don't know. I'm a Bills guy. And people ask me, Rudd, so what are the Bills going to do in the draft? I don't know, dude. They're taking the 54th pick. Right. It really is like the best available player syndrome, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But it is and it isn't because this draft is so freaking deep. Right. Even at 49 and 54, you still can pick a very, very good football player yes. in this draft. You want a good running back? You had a good running back. You want a wide receiver? They're still there. Steelers um, got Juju in the second round a couple of years ago. Exactly. You know, the Buffalo Bills actually didn't um, one of their best ever players. I was reading like there's only been like four or five times the Bills haven't had a first round pick. Uh, when they did it, they traded it to the Colts for Cornelius Bennett. Yeah. Worked out right. pretty well. Yeah. You know, they took in the second round, and people were bitching at the time. We're going to have a first-round pick. Thurman, Thurman Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thurman yeah. Thomas in the second round. Hall yeah. of Famer. Yeah. So, what do you, you know, we got about four or five minutes here. What about the Steelers? What do you think they're going to do? I keep hearing wide receiver a lot. Connor, he, he's good, but what about running back? Yeah. Uh, what about your guy, A.J. Dillon, for the Steelers, if he's still around? I don't know oh, if Dobbins yeah. is still going to be there. Yeah, I mean, I'd love that. And look, if they end up with a, a with another running back to pair with Connor and everybody else back there, then I, I would be okay with it. What I start to look at is they lost their nose tackle and Javon Hargrave during free agency. The offensive line has been good for a long time, but you have Ramon Foster retire. And I, I just think they're going to backfill potentially there. But as its best player available, their needs would be nose tackle it would be offensive line, and I think they continue to build out at corner. They've struck out. They've tried a lot of different moves at corner. And they've struck out a lot, so I think you could potentially go there. They're good at safety now. They got Edmonds and Minka, so they need to get corner. Linebacker, they're loaded, uh, so that's where I'd go. Offensive line, nose tackle, corner. And they've, they've had secondary issues since my boy uh, retired, Ike Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, going going back and uh, Paul Amalu and everything, but yeah, Ryan Clark, like those guys yeah. were legit, and, and it started it's been to fall an issue apart for them since yeah, then, definitely. hasn't it? Yeah, you know, they but, haven't had that shutdown, definitive no. shutdown cornerback. No, the playmaking safety was really a calling card for them for a long time, right? Ryan Clark was the solid safety that made the right plays. Paul Amalu was aggressive and made a lot of plays. I think Tomlin's trying to recreate that here with Minka and Edmonds, and then uh, obviously they need some help at corner, you know, whether it's Nickelback or, or one of the field corner, field or boundary corner as well. All right, so uh, we, we've got about two and a half minutes here, so let's get into Jalen Hurts a little bit because we've seen Tomlin has taken a chance on a couple of quarterbacks over the years. Yeah. I'll roll the dice late with Dobbs. You see, see, you know, and basically just wanted to get Dobbs a career, and he did, made him some money. They got a pick for him. him. Yeah. Steelers got a pick for him. Exactly. Yeah. Then Mason Rudolph's not working out. No. So... Jalen Hurts, 
Yeah, I think Mel Kiper might have hurts going the Steelers. Yeah, he which did. that's not happening. They're not they they're not going to use their first pick on a quarterback, right? But no. and I I love the Jalen Hurts prop over sixty two and a half. I don't think he's going in the first two rounds. So, but it wouldn't shock me if Jalen Hurts went to the Steelers in the third round. Hurts is actually not a bad pick for the Steelers, in my opinion. No, I, I think that would be really interesting for them. Uh, I, I think somebody might take a shot. I understand the overbet. I think somebody might take a shot on him uh, earlier than that. In the first two rounds, since it's 62 and a half, you think so? I think so. Like, I would lean towards he makes it into wow. that second round um, just because I think people are enamored with the You're numbers. You're wrong, Blewett. You're but, wrong. All right. Well, we'll you and I are at odds on this one. As far as the Steelers are concerned, Ben's got two years, really, contract-wise. So you, do you want to sit somebody for two years and throw – Rudolph away. I think you get another year. Yeah, I think you get a new setup. I think you get a new setup starting next year. I think you keep the same setup here. I mean, they're poised to try to win something, right? This isn't a bad team. If all went well, they could really challenge. They're not as good as the Chiefs or the Ravens at the moment. but Not as good as the Bills or anything like that. But I hear what you're saying. Bills are are legit. (laughs) Everyone's on the Bills wagon uh, right now. That's when you start to get nervous as a fan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everybody likes that? Oh, I am, I am nervous. Like, I, I saw the ESPN bozos talking about uh, uh, if the Bills don't win a division this year, they're better. They're, they're, there's no way they can't. I'm thinking, just shut up, right? It's, we're not out of the woods yet. We'll see what the Patriots have up I like your coach. I like your GM. I like what they're doing. That's all I can say. All right. So I look forward to Thursday. Yeah, me too. Uh, this uh, NFL uh, draft. It's nice to have something real to bet on as well. Uh, besides 50 to 1 WNBA bets to uh, to buy a milkshake <laughs> at McDonald's. Not yeah. even two bucks. I'll cart. Congrats on the W. Hey, uh, all right. Good stuff. Uh, stay safe, uh, Mike. Uh, we'll speak uh, later in the week. NFL draft rapidly approaching. Get on the grid. You're listening to SB Nation Radio and a lot of station. At- DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.